time I was with you, I tried to describe the cross and its impact on my life, its impact on all the disciples and all of us who were with Jesus for those three years. For three years, we had been with him every day and night and day listening, watching, hearing. We had great hopes. We had high hopes. In fact, we kind of thought, I thought, we had it all figured out, what was going to happen. Little did we know, and how far from the truth did we understand the cross. Why? How? Where it fit into the plan of God. I mean, Jesus, we had come slowly, I, I, I admit, slowly to believe that he was the Son of God, but to understand the, the cross, and then when it came and we all fled, I denied him how dark it was. I mean, we're talking about darkness, darkness. Even physically there was darkness. God brought on to Jerusalem that day, a darkness that was hard to describe. Oh, it was a physical darkness. For over three hours, the sky was so black in the middle, at late day, late part of the day, it was black. Uh, but I'm talking about something more than that. I'm talking about the spiritual darkness that was so thick. We knew it. We didn't understand it, but we knew that there was spiritual darkness. We would later come to understand what it meant and why it was so dark and, and what that meant about Jesus dying on the cross. Four words I'll use to describe what I felt when Jesus died. The first word that came to my mind is the word shock. I was absolutely in shock, beaten by what happened and why and where and how and I was in terrible shock. I, I don't know how else to say it. I was numb. I was, I was totally caught off guard by what had happened. Uh, I was deeply saddened by what had happened. My disappointment is off the charts, as you could imagine. Watching Jesus take his last breath and hearing his words and knowing that the whole plan had gone so terribly wrong. And, of course, we were afraid. I hate to admit it, but I was, I was afraid. You know, I, I denied him. You know, I started out real braggadocious and all that, but I denied him. And then when it actually came time, I had lost all my courage, and I had no courage. I, I mean, you know, my courage wasn't a good courage anyway to start with, but I lost it all, and, and I was so afraid. I shook. I was so afraid. And then the despair came. You probably heard that. It was written of me later that I went out and I wept bitterly. And oh, did I weep bitterly. I mean, I wept from the very depths of my soul. And in that weeping and in that bitterness, I had no hope. It was dark. We're talking about a darkness beyond anything that you can ever imagine, a darkness beyond anything that you can, can even think about. I mean, we, we, we remembered his words. He had told us, I'm going to die. He had talked about the sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of the well, and, and 
you know, I had no concept what he was talking about. He also talked about rebuilding the temple in three days. You know, we look back and now we understand and it makes all the sense, but we sure didn't understand it then and it was dark. Let me tell you how dark it was in the soul of my heart, in the place of my heart. There was this darkness forever burned in our minds, unable to go on. It was dark. But it would change, as you know. Joseph came to the cross, and he and the women took down the body of Jesus and wrapped it and put the oils on it and tenderly, lovingly took the body of Jesus and put it in the tomb. You know that story. The women, of all people, the women were there. They didn't run. No, but I ran. They didn't run. They were there tenderly, the body of Jesus, and they took him and put him in the tomb, placed Jesus there. The Sabbath was close, and it was getting dark, and they had to take care of these things, and so they took the body of Jesus down, and they took him and put him in the tomb, and then they took this, this, this stone, this large stone, and they rolled it down into the place in front of the entrance to the tomb, and and uh, there was a finality about that stone. I tell you, that stone also had an impression on me, the weight of it and, and what it signified. I mean, it, it was just closing out everything. They sealed the tomb. Uh, they sealed the tomb. You know, it's interesting what was said about that later, but they sealed the tomb. For one thing, do you know that, uh, that they sent soldiers to guard the tomb? <laughs> Sixteen of them to guard the tomb. About what? I mean, I guess somebody had the idea that Peter was going to go and steal the body. <laughs> Let me tell you, they couldn't have been further from the truth. I was such a, I was so afraid. I, I, I don't even hardly want to think about. And and think about this: the high priest, the high priest who knew the prophecies, worried more about resurrection than I did. I mean, that's the reality. It never dawned on me that Jesus would come back from the dead. And he told me it, that he would come back from the dead, but it just never dawned on me. But there's the high priest, and he's worried about that. Uh, he's worried about a lot of things. I mentioned the stone and the darkness. Hour after hour, they took Jesus, and they put him in the tomb, and they rolled the stone in front, and there was this darkness. I don't even know how dark it was physically, but I just know the darkness of those hours. If you can just imagine with me what that darkness was like. I mean, later on, we understood it more and what it meant and where Jesus was and what was happening to him, but at the time, there was just the darkness of hopelessness. There was a darkness of, I don't know what else to call it other than, it was the darkness of hell. I felt like I was in hell that night, the next day, the next night. Finally, we got together, most of us, to console each other. Most of the close ones to Jesus came together and some of the women and others. There were a lot of people that were grieved by what had happened to Jesus. and So we came together and that second night we were together and consoling each other. I don't know that anybody slept, but yet we were exhausted. And, and we were together during that time. And, and uh, 
We didn't know what to think. We didn't know what to talk about. It was just hopelessness all around. There was confusion and, and all this darkness around us. We didn't know what to do. We weren't sure what we should do. Run, hide, go back to Galilee. We certainly didn't have any thoughts of preaching or teaching or telling the story of Jesus. It was dark. It was hopeless. And then that second night turned into the dawning hours of that third day. Oh, the third day. Imagine with me what it was like, the hopelessness there. As dawn came, the women. Again, who is it? It's the women. It's the women who go to the tomb. They had an idea they were going to get somebody to move that stone. I don't know how many it would have taken to pull it back up out of that pit. But the women go to the tomb, and there they are. And uh, uh, they're taking spices, and, and then it gets very confusing. Let me tell you about that. Uh, they go to the tomb, and then they come running back. And we hear all these wild stories about things that happened at the tomb. I mean, we had heard the shaking of the ground an earthquake? I, nothing surprised me at that point. But they came back and they were shouting and excited and they were saying things like, he's not there, he's not there. And, and of course, we all jumped out of our chairs. What do you mean he's not there? Where is he? And they were telling these things and we, we didn't know whether even these women were crazy. And then somebody spoke the word. Could it be? Could it actually be that he is Resurrected? No, no, I didn't believe it. Believe me, I didn't believe the women. I didn't believe the rumors. I didn't believe anything. All I knew were these crazy women. They were saying about these men dressed in white. And the women said to us, we're supposed to go on to Galilee and meet him there. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was confusing. Well, I tell you what, I, I sat there for a little bit and just like that, I bolded up. Something inside of me said, you got to go see that tomb yourself. Of course, we thought, well, maybe somebody did take the body. Stranger things have happened. I bolded. Man, I ran out of that house and bammed into that door and I, I ran to the tomb. I don't know what I thought I would see or even hope to see. But I ran to the tomb. John was right behind me. When I got up and went, John came too. Oh, we ran. Boy, we ran as hard as we could. My blood, I don't know what my blood pressure was, but man, I ran as hard as I could. And John went right past me. Well, you understand that, those of you that are older and have bad knees. Yeah. We both ran to the tomb, and John ran on ahead. I was doing my best. I was out of breath and it wasn't that far. John, I see him ahead. He's at the tomb. The stone is moved from the entrance and John runs and he slams, kind of slams in and he looks in. What do you think you're going to see? I don't know what we were going to see. So I ran I ducked just in time and I made it in there and I just flew into the tomb. It was empty. 
except, let me tell you what I found. Grave clothes. I knew what they were. We could see the stains on them. There they were. Grave clothes. Cloths. Linen. Again, I was... I didn't know what to think. I didn't remember Jesus had talked about this. What, what, what was it he said? He kept talking about his body is broken. He said that the night he was arrested. My body is broken for you. What are you talking about? I mean, we're used to the Passover. Part of the Passover, there's that, that place in the Passover where the leader talks about the, sh- the lamb being killed, the blood. Jesus kept talking about that. My body is broken for you. We saw the brokenness. We saw the brokenness. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I had these things going through my mind and my heart. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, why? About that time, John comes in, comes in behind me. He looks around. All of a sudden, John had something I didn't have. All of a sudden, his face changed. So he looked at the grave clothes. Something happened inside of John. It came to me later. John, precious, dearly beloved disciple of Jesus. He saw the grave clothes. And John believed. He believed. Oh, that moment of belief is so important. It was for me later. I wanted to believe. I tried to believe. I didn't have it yet to believe. Believe is always a choice. To believe what Jesus did is always a choice. So we went back, told the other disciples what we found. We were so confused. The room is is full of talking and excitement and what did you hear and what do you know and what do you think and what's going on here? We're all just so excited and talking about it and where is he? If it's true, why isn't? Why don't we see him? Where is he? By that time, it was the middle of the afternoon. We were all together. Suddenly, I mean, the room was, suddenly we hear this on the door and somebody opens and then runs two men. One of them was Cleopas. I don't remember the other man's name. Cleopas. 
He was one of those disciples of Jesus. I mean, he wasn't around a lot like the others, but he was one of the disciples. And the story that Cleophas told, Cleophas told was incredible. He said, he's alive, he's alive, he's risen from the dead, and he's alive. We said, what are you talking about, Cleophas? And then he told us the story. He said that he and his friend were on the road that morning to Emmaus. It's a little town. They had to go to Emmaus, and they were walking, and they were talking about all these things that had happened and why, like us. And, and on the way to Emmaus, all of a sudden, this man came up behind him and started walking with him. This man didn't know what had happened. They said, you, we said, Cleopas said, you, you mean you, you must not be from this area. You don't know about this. And this man began to ask questions and explain and talk about who Jesus was. And he, he, he told them about the Old Testament prophecies about how the Messiah had to die and how he would rise again and, and oh, he seemed to know everything. And it was amazed, Cleopas just was amazed at what this man told him. They got to Emmaus. And the man said, I'm going to go on ahead. And, and Cleopas said, no, please stay with us some more. Talk some more. Tell us some more about this. This is amazing. So this man said, I, I'll stay. I'll eat with you. And so they sat down to eat. And then suddenly they realized who it was. It was Jesus himself. You know what's incredible? Cleopas told us this. It's when they broke the bread that they understood who it was. There it is again, the bread, the broken body. The broken body. The resurrection. Oh, they're, they're so tied together. The broken body of Jesus. And Cleopas said that there they were. They sat down and when, when he broke the bread, they saw who it was and they understood who it was. It was Jesus. Then all of a sudden he was gone. Cleopas got up and they ran back to Jerusalem. Seven miles. They ran back to Jerusalem. Burst into the house to tell us what they had found. Oh, and we're saying, could it be true? Jesus, what is this? You probably know. Suddenly, suddenly, Jesus was there. Suddenly, Jesus was in the presence of the room with us. There he was in his white, shining, bright holes, scars, and he was there. So many things flooded through my heart and my mind. And Jesus began to explain things to us. Oh, it took him a long time to get through to some of us. But he started to explain things. And he explained why it was that he needed to die. Yes, it's me. Feel my hands. 
But Thomas wasn't there. You know him. The rest of us were there, but not Thomas. Jesus, feel my hands. It's me. I'm not a ghost. Let me have that piece of fish. I'll eat that. We began to have this picture in our mind of who Jesus was. He, he was a man, but he was fully God. How do, you, how do you create a picture of that? How can I explain that? Fully man, fully God, right there. And rose from the dead. Why? Because God has power. Over the it is finished. He has power over the it is finished. So Jesus taught us. In fact, Jesus met with us many times after that for the next 40 days. He would come and be with his disciples. It was different. Every time he came, he would teach us about what we were supposed to do. He would tell us. You need to go and wait, and I, my Father will send the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. He began to teach us, and we began to listen, and it all made more and more and more sense. Not that we had it figured out, but Jesus put it in our hearts and our minds, who he was and what he wanted us to do. And oh, it became our passion Oh, we were so on fire praying about it. Oh, God, now we know that, that we know what you want to do. We, we, we know what you've called us to do. And so the next 40 days, we're, we're listening to Jesus. We're absorbing this. And I tell you, it wasn't always easy. I told you before, I've told you this many times, you know, when Jesus deals with you, he will confront you. Oh, he confronted me. Maybe someday I can tell you about that. It was along the shores of the Sea of Galilee not long after this. Yeah. He came right up to me. He confronted me. The truth is, he confronts those he loves. He confronts those who will turn to him and put their faith and trust in him. You see this Bread has come to mean so much. It represents who Jesus is. So Jesus told us, you probably remember, Jesus told us the night he was arrested that we're supposed to take the bread and break it among the disciples, among the followers. And every time we do it, remember who he is. And so the bread has become very important to us, to the disciples, to the body of Christ. And today I want to give you an opportunity to express your belief that Jesus is who he said he is and partake of the broken body of Jesus and the blood that was shed. Would you stand with me this morning?